Welcome to the Stories to Love podcast, the podcast where I fangirl over creators and find out all about their inspiration in hopes to boost our own inspiration. I am your host, Tiff Marcello, an inspiration seeker and your resident fangirl. Hi there, it's Tiff, and this is the Stories to Love podcast, and this is episode 40. And here with me today is Gwenda Bond. Gwenda Bond is the New York Times bestselling author of many novels, including the first official Stranger Things novel, Suspicious Minds. She also clearly escaped from a classic screwball romantic comedy, Not Your Average Hot Guy, out now, and The Date from Hell, out today, also April 5th, 2022, are her first romantic comedies and will be followed in 2023 by Mr. and Mrs. Witch. She co-founded the charitable efforts Creators for Comics and the Lexington Writers Room and lives in a hundred-year-old house in Lexington, Kentucky, with her husband, author Christopher Rowe, and a veritable zoo of adorable doggos and queenly cats. Visit her online at www.gwendabond.com or at Gwenda on Twitter. I'm so excited to have Gwenda on the podcast today as part of the April 5 release day blitz. I have a book release today too. It's called Know You by Heart and is a contemporary romance. And she is one of my author friends who released a book at the same time as I did. Um, her new release again is called The Date from Hell. We bopped on and we talked about what The Date from Hell is about, her author journey, and her book launch plans. Gwenda is such a joy, as you will get to hear. I appreciate all you who have subscribed. If you haven't, please do, and leave a rating when you can. If you'd like to support this podcast, please grab one of my books for you and a friend on my website at tiffmarcello.com. And here we go to my in-conversation with Gwenda Bond. Hi, this is Tiff of the Stories to Love podcast, and here with me is Gwenda Bond. Hi, Gwenda. Hi, Tiff. Thanks oh, for having me. I know. I'm so happy to see you. If you guys can't see this, but she is in Lexington Writer's Room, and, yeah. and it's so bright and sunny on her side of the world, which is actually <laughs> only an hour and a half from me. So she and I met at the Kentucky Book Festival, and I was totally fangirling from the front <laughs> row, and I was like, oh my gosh, that's Gwenda Bond. And I was like, it's either now or never, Tiff. We're going to go up and talk to her or not. <laughs> And I think that I was uh, like, oh, no, it's one of those people who stands in front of the table and talks to her for 30 minutes. I must go rescue her. <laughs> I've had, I had a couple of those. <laughs> but but yeah, so welcome, Gwenda. So Gwen and I share a release date, April Yay. 5. Today is April 5, so we're recording this a couple of weeks before. But her book, The Date from Hell, just came out today, and I'm so glad that um, you agreed to join me for this podcast blitz so that we can get to know you a little bit as well as your book. Great. Oh, so tell me about The Date from Hell. What is it about? 
Okay, so The Date from Hell is the end of a duology that started with Not Your Average Hot Guy, which is about a bookworm whose family runs an escape room in Lexington <laughs> who uh, is working there because she can't get a job after college and unfortunately has purchased a grimoire and when a cult shows up to steal it, ends up teamed up with the Prince of Hell, who also is sort of trying to figure out what to do with his life. And this book is... I always say the first book is their meet cute, happy for now. And this book is their uh, figuring out how to have a happy ever after since yeah. they're from two different worlds. So this book is Callie trying to reform hell and Lucifer trying to break up this couple and them running, chasing a fugitive around the world who's looking for the Holy Grail. I love it because it's like a little <laughs> bit of everything. You've got action and you've got action adventure in there. Kitchen sink. <laughs> yeah. So, I basically put everything that, and these books are very goofy, and I just feel like there's a Dan Brown element that we all love that is treated with seriousness yeah. when it, it there's so much humor there. So, yeah. yeah. I love it. That's so what the, these books are. <laughs> the series concept, where did that come from? Honestly, I went to uh, a festival in Tennessee with some friends, and it was around this time of year, three or four years ago, and there was an escape room next to the uh, hotel we were all staying in, and I have a tendency to be a little bit of an activities director, like, <laughs> let's not just stay in the hotel, let's go do something fun. So I convinced a bunch of people to go to an escape room and then we had a blast and on the drive home, the entire first book came to me and I thought, no one will buy this. I'm not going to tell my agent. I just kind of needed a passion project to work on. <laughs> and then miraculously, she liked it and so did St. Martin's and they suggested doing the second book, which I'm so glad that they did because I feel like it really is a rare thing that you get to do the same and sort of see them outside the whirlwind when you have like a book that takes place over 48 hours like the first one and the second book also takes place over a compressed time frame but they've known each other a bit longer so yeah it was really fun to get to build out the world and expand everything so did you guys escape the escape room were you guys we successful? did oh god we <laughs> did <laughs> i love it and then so i do love it it's the same couple i mean i think I think I like to see where where they've gone to. And even like yeah. books that are connected and standalones that are connected in the same universe. I always kind of look for that couple that I previously read. Me too. Yeah. I mean, that to me, that's one of the great things about romance, right? I think there's a joke that goes around sometimes that we're all like looking at the side character being like, and you could step into the <laughs> yes. main stage and you could step into the main stage. Like, I think that that's one of the things that romance does really well mm -hmm. is, you know, have these great ensemble casts. And so for sure, everyone who was in the first book, including some people who you might not expect to team up with the, I also like to take a character who maybe was a little less likable in the yeah. first book yeah. and then make them friends with, with the heroes. And so you get some of that here yeah. too. And, and I love the resurgence of paranormal romance, actually, also. Me too. You know? And who, like I said, it was total fluke on my <laughs> yeah, part. Yeah, perfect timing. 
you're just you're like no one's gonna buy this you know it's just it but it's i love it that it's come round but it also probably yeah. tells you how long you've been in the business right oh absolutely around. i mean and everything comes around like I, I wrote for publishers weekly for years before i sold a book and so one of the things you do learn when you've been watching this industry as long as you have is that everything is cyclical and one of my agents always says there's always a market for awesome so <laughs> It, you can't predict That's where so things hopeful. are going to go. I love <laughs> you that. Just have to write, you just have to write the weird things only you can write. And even if they don't sell like immediately, you know, I mean, I always tell people I've had books that took a few years to sell, but uh, but ultimately I don't have anything in the trunk that we've actually kept trying to sell. Like eventually yeah. you'll be like, hey, how about sliding this into the second book on this contract? Yeah. Because people think it's always, I think when you're starting out, you think that, books get turned down always because of the quality but a lot of times it's just timing what else is on the list getting it in front of the right editor or it being the right moment for a certain book for sure i mean you're you're spoken like a true veteran right so <laughs> you've got 12 novels right is this your 12th date from I, hell don't ask me i'm bad at counting yeah and i, I never it. know I, I never know whether to count things like uh, the scripted podcasts and stuff. So. And, well, this, and this is without the scripted podcast. I mean, okay, okay. So you've that got, sounds right. Yeah. So you've got 12. You've got your, your, your writing also for children's. Yeah, my husband and I co-wrote so awesome. some middle, a couple middle grades together. Yeah, and we're still married to yeah, each other. I was going to say, I'm like, okay, did you need to have some time after? No, you know what? It was really fun. We Our processes are completely different, so we complement each other. He's much more of a first draft person, mm. and I'm much more of a revision person. Oh, that's so. perfect. <laughs> yeah. Because, you know, sometimes one is working, one works better than the other. You know, some drafts just don't come. And then sometimes revisions are just a pain in the butt. So, yeah. (laughs) And so when did you decide to switch over? So did you have before this series, did you have other adult series as well? Other adult books? The Stranger Things book that I wrote, Uh, Suspicious Minds, is technically adult. Okay. In my mind, that was... In my mind, a lot of a lot of teens read it, (laughs) even though I was like, they're not going to want to read this, but they did. And I mean, it's to me, I call it like a early Stephen, my early Stephen King novel. So it makes perfect sense to me because I was reading Stephen King at 12. So (laughs) but yeah, I really enjoyed writing that book. And I had been wanting to move in the adult into the adult um, space. And romance is one of my favorite places um, to write. And honestly, I wasn't sure where this book would be. I think I thought that we would sell it as YA, and it is a bit crossovery. My next paranormal romance that comes out next year, Mr. and Mrs. Witch, is much more firmly, I think, like in the adult arena. Yeah. But, but you know, I think even with the second book of this one, once we sold it and I knew where it was going to be in the bookstore, it sort of freed me up to do all the things of, that I love from adult romance. I love that. I it it's I love that you said that it makes you feel like it frees you up because that's how I felt moving from, you know, romance to contemporary fiction. Like just knowing where I'm at, I'm like, oh, my brain just opened up. <laughs> Right. Now right. I well, realize this yeah. is the space, you know, right. and, 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 or if I'm, I went from contemporary fiction back to romance, I was like, oh, I'm back. Like this. There is- are conventions. And yeah, I, I always it. say to, when people think writers yeah. want like 
want actual freedom with to do anything and that is paralyzing yeah. like the best thing you can do is make decisions and have a few constraints yeah. and like know what kind of journey people want to go on in the book that you're writing yeah so but i also feel like i'm a very much a screwball at heart so yeah. these these first two books are very screwball comedy they are very like in a way it. 1940s <laughs> dressed up as paranormal <laughs> because there's a quirk to it and I love I love that you know <laughs> so so how did you get to be an author real quick I know that um your story yeah. is probably long so like as with everybody you know it's yeah. so in a nutshell like how did I always wanted to be a writer I was that adoptious kid who, you know, I always tell the story of how I got in trouble in kindergarten because I couldn't read yet, but I would either memorize the books or I would make things up based on the pictures. <laughs> and my kindergarten teacher called me out and said, that's not what happens. You know, you can't read. And I said, maybe you can't read. And she sent me to my dad. She sent me to my dad, who was the principal, who was unsurprised. <laughs> Hello, funny. <laughs> but I, so I was always writing. I wrote screenplays for a yeah, few years and then discovered young adult literature. And that was really when I realized, oh, this is what I want to write. And then I've realized since, oh, I want to write everything. Yeah. Like, but I do feel like that was uh, young adult was kind of my entree. But I was definitely not an, a quick success. Like I wrote four or five books before we sold one. So I always like to tell people like, you know, just because someone seems as if they sold a lot of books very quickly it doesn't mean that there wasn't 17 years you know yeah. waiting to make that first sale yeah I mean it, it is such a it's such a long process and then not only that there's always the ups and downs of this industry today. <laughs> always always no <laughs> one knows everybody. what's gonna happen <laughs> well I love that you're flexible right so you, yeah. you write in the adult space and the children's space and then you write in the romance space and in the fantasy space right for mm -hmm. I've got a couple of fantasy projects coming yeah yeah so uh, since we're going that direction so what are your plans here on out the date from hell comes out today and you're celebrating it but I'm sure you're writing your next work. So uh, can you tell us a little bit of what's coming up? Well, so Mr. and Mrs. Witch is the next rom-com. And it's exactly what it says on the 10. Yeah, Mr. and Mrs. Smith meets Bewitched. I, I had a blast. It's pretty much done. And we'll see what rom-coms will be. And then I'm working on a joint project with Cami Garcia and Sam Humphreys, who I did a big charity project with. And then we were like, let's write something together. So we are doing an Audible original novella series. Um, uh, called the young bloods um, oh my gosh which, that sounds like so much fun <laughs> it is fun and it has been a blast yeah. and it is uh the pit, short pitch is basically succession but with a family of people oh, trapped on earth great. so it's a big family story and we all write several different characters so i think it will be great in audio we've been having a blast and then i have a secret book that i'm waiting on the contract for that i'm working on Oh, that sounds great. <laughs> when you say succession, like, of course, my brain is just it's so, I know. you know, I'm sure it's more funny than dark. I guess. Oh, it's very, it's very funny. Okay. It's very dark black humor. Yeah. Probably our demons are more likable than the characters. Yeah. But that is a weird balance. That was our editor's big thing was make sure they're likable, not just hateable. Although we like, all okay. watch Succession, even if we don't right. like any of to them. To love hate. Right, right. <laughs> But I do think it was an interesting exercise in that way. And writing with, I, I love collaboration and I learn something different yeah. every time I write with other writers. So, yeah. Well, talking about collaboration, Lexington Writers Room, yeah. tell us about it. 
So at the beginning of the pandemic or right before, Christopher, my husband and I, and another local friend were kicking around an idea about making a co-working space that we could make a nonprofit and subsidize because writers are poor. So we could have like a nice community space with a meeting room and places for people to write and kind of help people on their journeys create like a supportive community we all wish we'd had in a nice space. And of course we had our open house and then the pandemic happened, but it turned out to be a good thing because we ultimately looked at, like we knew the model work because we had so much interest and we moved to another space that's a 200 year old house that's much more our vibe. And so we have the whole first floor. We've been back open for a year and everyone's vaccinated. And we have 54 members currently. We have a partnership with the Kentucky Black Writers Collaborative to make sure their folks have access, partnering with the Carnegie Center. And we have, you know, started a program to help people from different underrepresented communities pay even less than everyone Mm -hmm. else does so that we have as diverse a community as possible and support people. And we have, you know, multi bestsellers and we have people who are working on their first books and we have lots of journalists and we have lots of science fiction writers. And so really like the dream as we had it of having this cross pollination space and all the office supplies you could ever need (laughs) is, uh, is all about it. And we just fundraise a couple times a year and our goal has always been to be half, you know, fundraising, half membership fees. And we're getting there. So it's been pretty great. Yeah. It's it's kind of, yeah, the dream. And it's so weird. Like Lexington is just the right size that it's not it's super expensive to do something like this mm-hmm. if you can get people on board. And um, our board director really has like an eye for thrifting. And so... You know, like she basically just thrifted all these cool items and we all loaned art and yeah, it's a great space and you must come see it. Yes, I mean, I, I do. <laughs> do a I day mean, pass. I'm, I'm yeah. so excited. And I, for everyone out there, I just, I moved to Kentucky in, in the summer, so I'm still getting my feet wet and I'm hoping that we stay we are military, so yeah. we'll you never know. We'll see how long. Yeah. But I Tracy do want Banghart, to- I became friends with Tracy Banghart, who was in elizabethtown yeah. station there yeah How and it left right before you came yeah oh my gosh that's so cool <laughs> it's just a small it's it's this has been a sweet community here and lexington is like literally right down the street so yeah yeah Yay. you gotta come over we'll have lunch and yeah right all day oh yeah. my gosh we like where's my wife my family's like where's my mom i don't know where mom is mom's gone <laughs> so let us know what your plans are for this release Okay, so I have a in-person launch Wednesday night, the 6th at Joseph Beth Lexington, and they do take pre-orders and things over the phone. I'm also going to be doing an online kind of thing with uh, Bookstore Romance Day on Thursday the 7th at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, and it's going to be me and a whole bunch of people who are writing or have written YA and adult romance, just kind of us talking about that change. And you can sign up for that online. You can find all of this on my website or Twitter. And uh, then I'll be at the LA Times Festival of Books end of the month. Ooh, and that is it. <laughs> but that's a great big trip. Oh, yeah, it is. I'm so excited. You get and to it's see, well, you my... get to see Mia. Yeah. Isn't Mia going, Mia Sosa? And like, I, a, a, tons a lot, of, people, a of people. And uh, yeah, it's one of my favorite festivals. Love and it. the first big one I've been back to since, and I was on the jury for the Bradbury Awards. So I'm oh, doing a panel with our Bradbury people. Oh, so cool. Yeah. Okay, I, I always ask all my guests, what makes you go? What refills your... The need to pay bills. 
anxiety. <laughs> anxiety, the need to pay bills. Very cranky when I'm not writing or working. Like most of us, I have a bit of a work-life balance problem. But also, I just really love, I mean, this is my dream job. And yeah. I've worked in government for 17 years. So, you know, I don't want to have to go back to that. <laughs> like, we are going to make this This is way work. better. <laughs> yeah. I love it. And, and and book recommendations, do you have something for us today? Of course. I am actually reading my first Kerrigan Byrne mm. romance, a new Regency author to me, How to Love a Duke in 10 Days. Oh, and it's great. I do, it would say content warning there. It does start with a sexual assault, mm. but it's dealt with very, um, like it's very much a part of the book holistically and yeah. like the aftermath and it's this club of three young women who make a vow to each other when they're teenagers and possibly also bury a body together and then like <laughs> as girls. adults it's coming back <laughs> right and it's beautifully written and I'm, I'm really enjoying it i'm always you know like ready to glom on a new author yeah <laughs> for sure recommends. for sure well this is so wonderful well thank you gwenda for joining us today here at the Stories Love podcast and happy release day. Release day. And everybody just keep tuning in because there'll be more podcasts um, being um, uploaded as we speak. Okay. Thank <laughs> you so much. Bye-bye. Thank you. Thank you so much for joining me, Tiff Marcello, at the Stories Love podcast. You can follow me through my newsletter at tiffmarcello.com an Instagram and Facebook page under Tiff Marcello and the Stories to Love podcast. You can support this podcast by leaving a rating, spreading the word, and picking up one of my books for you and a friend on my website at tiffmarcello.com. I'll see you again.